The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. All right, boys and girls, and welcome back to Brutal Nation. I am your host, Scott Alexander. Right across me is the one, the only, the Tammy, the Gur Underwood. Hi, Tam. Wow. Gur. Hi. <laughs> Usually you say Gur. <laughs> yeah, I do. I'm tired, though. I need a nap. I kind of do, too, but we don't have time to take a nap well, today. I'm going to need a nap before the show tonight. Because, oh, that's true. And, you, can, you know. I fucked myself over because I'm diabetic. I try not to do too many carbs. I freaking had potatoes with breakfast. And well, and you don't do potatoes very well anyways, moron. No, I know. But they were good. They were I delicious. Know. That's why I always, every time you have a show and you want me to get you some food, I'll usually get you onion rings with your burger so you're not potato hide. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, no, I'm not getting in potatoes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, but that's wonderful. what a personal assistant does. You know, we look out for your well-being. I just want to sleep so bad. I know. I kind of do, too. I have somebody. I got my egg dealer coming over <laughs> between noon and one. Yeah, it, it's weird as we get older, because I remember like when, when, when I first started touring back, you know, in my in my 20s, um, you had you a drug dealer. Days. <laughs> you had drug dealers, man. It was great. Yeah. You know, hey, who's coming over? Dude, my drug dealer's coming over. It's going to be a good time oh, now. Talk about that. <laughs> and now 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 as as adults, we're like, dude, I have my Tupperware dealer coming over. My or pampered my, chef lady. <laughs> and my egg person. Yeah. <laughs> really, man? You got eggs like on the download? Totally. Can I meet him? Hey, no. No. You got no person. You got to be vetted first, man. Are you That's a cop? Right. Are you a cop? You trying to get in on my eggs? That's what you're trying to do? Yeah. yeah? Yep. Tell me if you're a cop, man. Well, back in the day before I got arrested when I was quite the hustler, that's what I'll call it, um, I used to get my main pro- our main product from very sketchy people who lived in the backwoods. <laughs> and as you're driving up to their house, they had a, you had to do your lights and shit a certain way so they knew it was somebody they knew. Yeah, it makes sense, man. You know, it was like a code you're sending them because they could see you coming. But, yeah. I do the same with vagina. They have to flash me their lights in a certain way so I know that uh, they can see me coming. <laughs> Why must you make everything dirty? Because I keep talking to your mom and, you know, she says naughty things to me. It's her fault. Whatever. And the pictures that she sends? Mm. Damn. Notice the silence? I'm going to throw up. That's <laughs> no, I had to blow my nose and then it's like, and then you made me want to throw up and... Yeah. Ah, you're yeah. welcome. So we're doing something different today. You gave me uh, this episode here. Yeah. Movies that inspire murder. Yeah. Well, and it's kind of like like I was telling you, this one, this episode doesn't really focus on one specific case, but several cases related to the same, you know, <laughs> circumstances. Kind of like your TBI, your traumatic brain injury right, case. We did one other one, and I can't remember what country it was out of, but it was that dude, he went and you saw... Uh, a movie and the uh, oh yeah yeah the yeah. Sh- yeah. We talked people, about yeah the he shoot was a actor kid. Guy. He was a kid. No that, no no oh, no. We, we, he was an adult and I think his name was Peter something or other. But Peter um, Sutcliffe. Was this no? It was I don't think it was Sutcliffe. Oh, then I, I don't know whether was. any. Other... It could have been, but but anyway, after he sees this and he was a truck driver and all that stuff, but um, he he ended oh, up targeting women that were working at the shoe factory. Oh no! It was Carol Cott. 
Was that it? I think it was it was either Carol caught or it was one of the it's an episode where ever all there's three people and all their first names started with a K. K no, K, I don't K. think that was it. I, yeah, it that might have been. I remember. I I can't, but yeah, I, but he had the same thing. Like he he went and saw a movie, and then all of a sudden he's like, "Hey, that's a good idea. I want to go murder women." Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is sad because if you if you're taking out women. That's less vagina on the planet, and that's just that's bad for everybody. Yeah, but we all know there's some vagina that should not be out there. No, that is a fact. <laughs> I won't that mention any fact. names, but we both know some. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I I will agree with that. Dang it! The middle, like the arch of my foot is itching like crazy. Did you step on a twig? <sighs> no. Shut up. Just asking for a friend. You no, know, and my mom always said when your palm itches, you're going to get money. What happens when your foot itches? What does that really mean? You're going to get anal. <laughs> uh, You're going to get a venereal disease. Anyways, this movie, this this movie, this episode is about, you know, different movies that people have seen that inspired them to go out and commit murder. Now, um, we've all seen, I mean, we're pretty much everybody's familiar with the movie Scream, right? Oh, yes. If you're not, this was directed by Wes Craven, who also did Nightmare on Elm Street with my little Freddy Krueger. And it had a character, you know, the killer in the movie had the ghost face mask, the elongated white face with the hollow eyes and everything, almost similar to what you would think the Grim Reaper looks like, only the ghost face. Right. Um, It was popular. It was. This movie was actually very popular on people watch it on Halloween. You know, it's like still to this day, some people are like, I got to watch Scream on Halloween, you know. It aired in 1996, and it actually was supposed to be kind of a satire, even though it was a little, you know, scary, too, for some people, of past slasher movies, because they had all the rules, remember? Right. The horror movie rules. Um, it offered a plot of teenage girl, a teenage girl being targeted by this killer who must learn her town's secrets to save herself. But even comic... My... Screen just moved and I didn't even touch my mouse. Are you touching that other I one over there? I was touching mine. No, are you touching that other one over on that I handed you to charge? No, I didn't. It's, it's oh. sitting off to the side. Okay, it's really weird. But anyways, so um, you know, it's like, but even some of the funnier movies, like the B-rated slasher films of the '80s and '90s, or even of today, because one came up because uh, in my uh, for you page for TikTok. Oh, really? And it was one that I've actually seen before, and they were making fun of it, and I, I agree with them. It's called Velocipaster. Oh, yeah, 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 it's yeah. got a priest that goes to, I think, Africa or India or something like that, and, it, and he obtains the power to turn into a Velociraptor, and it's so bad. That's worse than thank, thanks killing and no. hey, microwave madness. Hold on. Thanks killing one and three are perfect. Those are perfect movies. There is no two. Yeah. But, um... Which like, is bizarre. And it, it, Velocipaster is satire. Mm-hmm. Because, like, uh, there, there's a scene where the priest comes down and says, Mom, Dad, I'm here. I'm glad that you're here. Then you uh, you hear a boom, and mm-hmm. then it flashes. It says, um, couldn't afford CGI. Oh, my Car God, here no. on fire. <laughs> it's things like that. And the, the, the fake-ass dinosaur costume. It's just it's hilarious. Yeah, totally. Not totally. as good as Thanksgiving, though, about the Thanksgiving turkey that comes back to life and murders people. That one there, that I is. See, did you ever see Microwave Madness? 
where this guy kills his wife and chops her up and wraps her in tinfoil and puts her in the freezer. And then it's like he's out of food and hungry. And so he cooks her up and realizes she tastes good. So he starts serving her, like heating her up in the microwave and serving her to his friends. Oh, my God. I got to watch. I've never even heard of that. Yeah, I watched it a long, like when I was, before I was a teenager. Hold and on. It's I got to ask somebody who's here today. Why didn't you find that for me? You on the phone. You didn't find me microwave. You found me Frankenshark, which is exactly like it sounds, Frankenstein shark. But you couldn't find me microwave madness. What the hell's wrong with you? Yeah, search it. It's actually a really good. I mean, it's one of the first B-rated horror movies I ever saw. No, she's fired. It kind of traumatized me a little bit because that's back when we did wrap our frozen meat in tinfoil and put it in the freezer. You know, right? Right. Oh my god, I gotta watch that. But Frankenshark. Was it is, funny? Is that the one with what's his name in it that no. you showed me? No, no, it has no main act, main great actors in it. Um, it is literally a guy makes a Frankenstein shark. Oh wow! And it is horrible acting, and it was shot uh, with I think a budget of like two uh, bucks, two dollars, and some belly button lint <laughs> and a six pack of like uh, Natty York? Light, and oh, yeah. uh, it, it, it's it, it so. Yeah. When this person found it for me, they 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 send it over and they go, "Dude, you got to check this out. I found the perfect movie for you." I said, "Really?" And it said, "Franken Shark." So of course I have to watch it. <laughs> like it's like the law, by the way. It's totally the law. Yeah, if you like, send me something, I have to read it. that book, Big Ass Shark by Briar Mitchell, because oh my god, how can you like pass up a title like that? I am. I'm just. I'm kind of waiting for the the serial killer book to come out oh, on audio book. Yeah, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna be getting both of those so I can be it's listening. It's really good. Time. I just haven't had time to sit down and. Like, delve into it really deep. I mean, I'm only on page 60, but it's really interesting. I so, so, so need to watch. Make, make sure you write that down for me, because I'm going to look for it. What, Microwave Madness? Yep. All right. I, I, yeah, she, he, she's texting it to your phone. Um, so, even as it's. Wait a minute. That's not a movie. That's a picture of your boobs. What the hell's wrong with you? Shut this up. This is a professional workplace. Hey, damn people. Sasquatches on one I'm going to send you a picture of my boobs if you don't shut up. Oh, for the love of God, don't. Please. I've, Dude, I've been to the zoo. My boobs are amazing. I don't care what you say. I've been to the zoo, okay? Okay, you know what? I'm 48 years old and mine are still kind of perky, so I don't want to hear it. I'll take your word for that. Anyway, go on with your with, Nobody with else your has movies. complained. Anyways. All those customers so, on Sandy. So they say that, you know, that even these kind of funny movies, you know, funny horror movies, they can actually unbalance a person's already, you know, kind of like weird mind, unbalanced mind to mimicry. So it's like they can't distinguish the fact that it's like, okay, this is satire, but you think it's reality, you know? No, I can see that, yeah. So even as it spawned even, I mean, it has actually more than two sequels, and it has actually inspired some crimes. For approximately three or four years after that movie was released, <laughs> numerous teenagers went out and killed people. A boy and his cousin in Los Angeles, for instance, were obsessed with the film and murder, this boy murdered his mother by stabbing her 45 times. And then there was a man who wore a mask. He shot and killed a woman in Florida. <laughs> it was a Jacksonville? 
that's insane. But I, I was like, that's not a surprise. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even shocked. But you know what? I'm pretty sure it's probably in Jacksonville. Yeah. So then there was a guy, a boy in France. He actually wore the ghost face and murdered and killed his parents. And one in England were a pair of young boys stabbed another one repeatedly and then when they got busted they said well because the movie scream made made me do it you know that's like when you beat your wife and say you made me hit you well okay i understand how women do make guys beat him okay because women get really mouthy so i i I don't make you do shit you choose to do it based on my actions yeah exactly because women force you to do it that's why you gotta smack him down your choice the problem is that we gave women rights and once we started doing that, they got the right to vote, and they got all lippy. Hold on. What? You know what the scent is? That's right. Smack them down. Smack them down, damn it. Smack them up. Smack them up. Flip them. Rub them down? Nah. Oh, no. You smack them down. That way they know their place. Get back in the kitchen but and make that fucking But only if you're on sandwich. the courthouse steps on a Sunday, damn you. That's right. In the great state of Georgia. So, but, but don't put your ice cream in your pocket. <laughs> Jesus I still Christ. love that law. I forgot what the fuck I was going with this. But, um... <laughs> no, it's about, you know... Ow, dang it. My hand itches. Like, you step know, on a... No, well, about how the step on a twig. made me do it. You know, that's where we were. Oh, yeah. Well, I had to find my place. But that's the thing. It's not unprecedented. Like, let's go back to the 80s with Ozzy Osbourne and the song Suicide Solution. Oh, yeah. Since we just came from a... Sui- uh, Talking about uh, suicide on the yeah. previous episode. You know, um... There were kids that committed suicide, and right. nobody ever said, Ozzy Osbourne made me commit suicide. It was their parents. He was listening to the Ozzy Osbourne, and that's, he listened to the song Suicide Solution, yeah. and that's what that's why he killed himself. It couldn't have been because your kid was depressed, well, or that you're kind of a shit parent, or that they had problems and you ignored them. It can't be because of that. It's because no. you were listening to Ozzy. Because wine is fine and whiskey's quicker. Suicide is always better. No, as slow as liquor. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I know the song. You know, I, I know you do. I used to could play it on guitar. Used to could. Used to could. Give me a minute, I might could again. You, used to could. That's that's proper English right there. Yep, used to could. Give me a minute, I might could again. Anyway, but there was also like back in when I was a teenager, a big thing was Hotel California was Satan, satanic. Oh, yeah, satanic. It was about the satanic church and blah 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 blah. Or I'm going to feature another episode on another episode in the future of three. It was called the Memphis Three. There were three white teenagers who killed three younger boys. Goddamn white people, man. Check this out. They blame the people, not the kids themselves, although one said he was kind of into Satanism. But the public blamed it on the fact that they listened to Metallica, which I don't see how anybody could get Satanism out of Metallica because even Inner Sandman is just about nightmares. Well, I'll (laughs) tell you, man, you know, every time I listen to Metallica, you know, e- even if I get a new music project in on occasion, or, hey, man, what do you think about this type of a thing? First thing I think about is hail Satan and I am going to sacrifice the neighbor kids. That's the first thing. <laughs> that's, that's the first thing that pops into my mind. Matter of fact, every time I put on the album Injustice for All or Black, the Black album, I think, huh, you know what? I need to build an altar, get a goat head and, uh, and, and sacrifice people. <laughs> sacrifice people. I know. It's like really Metallica. Yeah, very first thing I ever think of. As soon as yeah. some, as a matter of fact, if somebody even says the name James Hetfield, that's the first thing I think of. Hey, you know what? Let's go. The, <laughs> let's go worship Satan and, and, and murder people. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I, I, I feel him. I feel him. I well, feel the pain. Then, that's like saying people go out and have sex with corpses because Alice Cooper's song. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
That is what I I have so been waiting for a court case to come up about that where somebody gets caught uh, and charged with necrophilia and they go, well, I was listening to Alice Cooper's Cold Ethel and I love the dead before the cold and Alice Cooper made me do it. That's right. Alice Cooper made me do it. My son's tried calling me, but I'll just tell him I'll call him back. Um. So, let's see, where was I? So, 14-year-old Daniel Gill and 15-year-old Robert Fuller from North Yorkshire, England. Of course, it's got to be England. <laughs> they were actually convicted on October 22nd, 1999, of trying to murder Ashley Murray. They were sentenced to um, serve time in a juvenile facility. Um, Hang on. I got to text my son, but anyways, I can keep going. Um in a juvenile facility for six years. Now, they stabbed Murray 18 times and left him... So, Ashley is actually a guy. uh, Left him to die. But approximately a day and a half later, a guy who was walking his dog found him, still bleeding out, and called the emergency, and he actually recovered from his injuries. Which, a day and a half later, that's pretty impressive after being stabbed that many times, don't you think? He's immortal. (laughs) <laughs> He's a vampire Let's try that again Let's go stab him again Just to make sure Yeah Let's, let's hunt him down Stab him Yeah exactly so, Anyways Before the attack The boys said that they had watched Scream at At the house of a known drug dealer Who showed them Actually Occultic items And weapons And told them That the gods Quote the gods Wanted this other person to die So their defense was that this influence had blurred their line between their mental line between fantasy and reality, as well as the line between right and wrong. Um, And one of the boys actually had drawings of ghost face and other pictures of knives, you know, in his school textbooks. But that's okay. Once again, like I used to draw pictures of Eddie from Iron Maiden. Right. Okay, and everybody said Iron Maiden is once again because you know it depicts uh, a, a grim character being Eddie is satanic. Um, oh yeah, you know different things like that, and uh, you know I just different different things that that would be considered you know horror based. I've even written horror stories for an English class, of which I'll tell that story because I got in trouble. Right, uh, go figure. Um, you were always in trouble. Oh, no, this is a good start. But it doesn't mean it, it's not unusual for a teenage boy or girl to be doing that shit. So here's the story. I had a I was in high school and I had a, we had a project. It was to write a horror story that was a convincing horror story, mm-hmm. which I did. And I was extremely graphic. I didn't use swear words or nothing like that. But no, that's when we were told to paint a mental image. Yeah. Now we're told to dumb anything down. And, and I did just that. And it was graphic because I think that pain and mental image, when somebody's getting murdered, you should know what they're going through. The pain, the agony, the, the, the details of the killing and the dissection. Okay? And I got an A on the paper, except the very next day, after the paper was submitted, I wind up in my counselor's office. And my mom is there. <laughs> Because she got called that day. (laughs) And I'm all like, um, what's going on? And I'm thinking to myself, I haven't gotten into any fights lately because I fought a lot. 
a lot, a lot. So did I. You know, I've gotten any fights. My grades are always great. I don't know what the hell's going on. Okay, so we're here to talk about Scott's story that he wrote for his English class. I'm all, oh, it was a good story, right? So, okay, your, t- your teacher gave you that. It was well written. It was, we're a little disturbed, though, with how descriptive you are. And I got, I, I got in trouble for that. It's like, I did what you guys asked me to do. Yeah. What more do you want? Yeah. I, you asked me to do something. You gave me instructions, and I freaking did it. And even my mom's looking, give me the side eye, like, I think we're raising a serial killer. <laughs> that's, well, that's, that's what's happening like, here. They're probably wondering, how does he know what it feels like to die? <laughs> yeah, you know? So it's just, yeah, that, that's my deal on anyway yeah i died greg so anyways check this out those two boys were actually friends of ashley's and in he actually said he actually agreed that that film might have actually influenced their behavior and he that was a statement he actually told the police that they had lured him to an isolated spot then gill stabbed him repeatedly in the cheek and head while fuller held him and stabbed his arm then only when Ashley pretended to be dead did they leave, but he was too injured to find his own way to the hospital to get anywhere, right? My whole thing is, okay, so the victim is actually saying, yeah, but, you know, that tracks. <laughs> right, right. So Fuller accused Gil, as t- said that Gil was the ringleader, and Gil initially refused to admit his part. He later said that the drug dealer had given him drugs and urged him to kill Murray. Don't blame the drugs. Come on. He said that with the drugs, you know, that's a 14-year-old. He believed that with those drugs, he it was actually truly a supernatural command from the gods. I didn't tell him to do it. (laughs) You're not a god. In In your mind. I am thine lord Scottius the Great. Like I always tell people, I'm famous in my mind. <laughs> well, it appears to be true that some people who actually like, like, I don't know what the right word I'm looking for is, um, but like delve into horror movies and stuff like that, that that's their go-to genre. Yeah, they're, they're, they're horror movie aficionados, like yeah, there you, you and me. Yeah, pretty much. Like you and I are serial killer, horror movie, Florida crime. You know, all Specifically that Jacksonville. Because, <laughs> hey, you know, you know what? what? I need some Botox and bubbly. <laughs> Jacksonville, I am convinced. I think I know Florida is a real state. I've been there. No, However, it's not. <laughs> I don't think Jacksonville is a real place. Now, I have been to Jacksonville, but I think that when people who've never been there mm-hmm. go in, they actually say this is like an amusement park. And they just put up, <laughs> welcome to Jacksonville. So you really think that you're there? And then when those tourists leave, they take the, they take it all down. And they go, you see, we fooled them again. <laughs> they, they, they think that we're really messed up. And it's like, oh yeah, yeah, we do. <laughs> no, True. we don't just think it. We know it. We know you guys are jacked up. No, no. The whole state of Florida is jacked. This is true. This is true. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Guan is running around in Miami (laughs) or Orlando, and you have amateur, like, fake doctors giving Botox shots while they're drunk on Four Loco in Jacksonville. In Jacksonville. (laughs) uh, You know, I I talked to our good friend Jen Dahl uh, quite a bit. Oh, yeah, totally. Because I love giving her shit. and. Because uh, she lives in Florida, and I always tell her, "Well, the one thing I know for sure, I can if I come out there, if I fight a tree, I got to take my shirt off because <laughs> it says so in your law, you know." And I don't want to get arrested. 
Well, and not just that is when I featured the our Henry Lee Lucas episode, she was like, "What are the odds of them finding each other?" And I, your comment was in Jacksonville. <laughs> in Jacksonville, that is the perfect place for those two jackholes to have met. <laughs> no, like, totally. If they would have, if they would have met anywhere else, it would just be a a, fa- a passing thing. Like they met in St. Louis, Missouri. I'm like, okay, yeah, no, not a big deal. Yeah. And but you said. They met in a soup kitchen in Jacksonville, Florida. Of course they did. Of course. <laughs> they, could, they couldn't have met anywhere else, right? Then they went down. They wrestled the gator. They yeah. took the shirt off, fought some trees, and then chased iguanas. Yeah, exactly. You know, so it, you know, it. there is some truth to the fact that people who, like, watch a lot of horror movies or, like, focus on one specific horror movie actually feel you know like that movie wants them to go out and commit this similar aggressive crime right especially i believe that if they're kind of i guess it's not really the proper term but if they're weak-minded no it, that, you know that's what i mean true. easily influenceable yeah um so it's but however it's also true that there is no evidence of a casual factor where that's concerned because millions of people watch horror films and don't feel the need to go out and stab somebody 500 million times. I do. That's not because you watch horror films, guys. <laughs> oh, my bad. My bad. <laughs> oh, my nose is itching. That's actually a good point. I can watch a fucking love uh, story like When Harry Met Sally and think to myself, hmm, these motherfuckers got to die. <laughs> oh, my God. I hate rom-coms. I mean, there's a couple that I don't <laughs> mind, but I truly think rom-coms are the stupidest things out there because that does not happen. I dated a chick who did not like horror flicks at all. Like, would not sit through one, period. Because ah. she, she had bad nightmares. Um, ah. And that, that was when it looked like Alicia Silverstone. Oh, okay. Um, you know, super hot. So, you know, of course, we had to go to the movies all the time. And it was always some sort of romantic comedy. Yeah. Always. No. Always. 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 And you want to know what a horror movie is to me? A comedy. <laughs> When Henry Met Sally. Oh, yeah, that too. I was thinking, oh, true horror movie to me is actually a comedy. Let's not get started on the Poughkeepsie tapes. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> um, what was the other one? The uh, the the one with the emails. Um, can't remember You've that You've Got one. Mail. you got mail. That's uh, Sleepless in Seattle those was are all another horrors. good one. Those, yeah. those are terrifying. I look at those right there and I go, oh, God. You know what? I don't. I'm not filled with the need to kill people, but I really wish somebody would kill me right now. Right. This would be a great time for a murderer to come in here <laughs> and see my ass sitting here in pain. Michael go, Jackson in Thriller. <laughs> yeah, like to- totally Michael Jackson me. Yeah, Thriller me, fucking murder <laughs> However, me. However, a true romantic movie for us is Natural Born Killers. Perfect. That's love right there. <laughs> that no, is love. And let me tell you why. Because That's Catherine Fugate. I mean, yeah. Fugate and um, Starkweather. And uh, it uh, uh, Juliette Lewis was in it. Yes. With Woody Harrelson. Oh, God, And yes. her character loved him so much oh, that she so went through much. and murdered people with him because they are together and it, she was so in love. You right. know what? And he that. killed her parents because, you know, the abuse and everything, too. Yeah. Remember? That right there. That. Is a true no, that, romance. That movie. is dedication and love, right there. That's right. Had a little tear in my eye. I'll admit. I know. It's like, I, dude, I wish somebody would love me that much. That, that is. That's beautiful, right there. <laughs> and then you get you get one like, but Donna, you know that you're the woman of my dreams, and that's why I came back to life for you. I'm oh, kill him, 
Kill him. He's a vampire. That's what yeah, he is. What is that one where they did have that one where the mailbox was the time portal or whatever? Uh, the time traveler's wife. Was that what it was? I'm pretty sure that was the time traveler's wife. Yeah, because it was like, that one was bizarre. Yeah, it's just stuff like that. I shake my head and go, God, this is this is terrifying me. This is terrible. Yeah. It's horrible. Why, do, why can't I have Freddy Krueger pop up right now? And, and suck me down through the bathtub or the bed? I just use his knives on me. and, and But say something cool like, like, there's no more fat food and bacon for you, kid. And, the, and, and stab me. I'm, I'd be like, that, what, three or four? <laughs> yeah. He did that and so he's always, that's why I love Freddy Krueger. Because he's always got something smart-ass to say. Before he he kills somebody. But I want him to look at me after he says it and go, was that good? Yeah? I'd be like, pretty good, man. You ready to die? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) High-five me with with, with not your glove hand. High-five. Fish bump. Okay. Go for it. We're good. Go. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're, we're all good. Just just kill me. It's cool. So, actually, some people do... You know, process those external images that they're that is like bombarding them when they continually watch these movies into aggressive behavior. However, others might actually gain catharsis and others remain altogether unaffected. You and I actually get a catharsis from watching horror movies. I do, especially it's, the Gypsy yeah. tapes. <laughs> yeah, because it's thought provoking. Like, we don't actually go out and act upon them, but you know what? We can be like, you know what? That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, but that's how I would kill that motherfucker. Yeah. Not 100%. The same thing. So if you become horror movie, some of these people, the ones that are usually getting catharsis or remain unaffected, will go on to become horror filmmakers or novelists like Stephen King. It's not easy to know what effect any particular film will have on any particular individual. However, whatever result happened, research shows that it is it has more to do with the viewer than the material than the movie that they viewed. And which I agree totally. That's a that's a sad thing we gotta say that's a given, but it, it isn't because people are stupid. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got a different form of stimuli that sends them over True. the edge. Okay, let's. Everybody take, has that breaking point. Yeah. Okay, let's take. Um, oh, you know what? A great, a good person to talk about is the BTK killer, oh, Dennis Schrader, yes. and it's only because we. And maybe I am tooting my own horn because I've been talking to him, mm-hmm. and I like Dennis. But you know, here he is, perfectly normal life. Mm-hmm. Okay, well respected in his community, hardworking mm-hmm. guy, smart. Exactly. But. His trigger point is that since a child, he had what he thought was a demon, which is Factor right. X, right. influencing him to right. do these things. That he had since he was young. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, it finally just clicked where he had to do it. So he's completing the actions. Everybody's got something mm-hmm. that will make what? him snap. And I'm pretty what? sure the woman sitting behind me is eventually going to stab and murder, uh, snap and murder us all. What about the person sitting in front, across from you, moron? I'll see you coming. Everybody sees a Bigfoot coming. I mean, granted, if I take pictures, they'll all be blurry because you guys have stealth and, uh, stealth abilities. That's right. Yeah, but we uh, have those like um, what are they called? The scrambler abilities. Cloaking. Yeah. Cloaking device. Yeah, we have that too. But then you also look at, I mean, another great one, and I wish he was still alive so we could talk to him, Richard Trenton Chase. Oh, totally. Who, you know, started murdering animals and drinking their blood because he literally thought he had a Z, a disease where his blood was turning to powder and he was going to die. Yeah, exactly. And so he took that further because the animal blood wasn't working for him anymore to killing humans. But I don't think that was a trigger. I think that's because of paranoid schizophrenia right. and but, other contributing factors. Right. 
there is that. But, you know, it's like, you know, something happened in his mind, which I think it was his abusive mother, you know, triggered in his mind that that's what he truly believed, you know? Yeah. Oh, totally. Totally, totally. So anyways, now in December of 2006, um, the publication Scientific American Mind, um, there was an article published by Daniel Struber, Monica Luke, and Gerard Roth. Um, and it was actually covering the latest work that brain researchers had devoted to the subject of violence and aggression. Now, they did focus largely on psychopaths who don't tend to feel empathy for their victims, nor do they regret what they have done after they did it. And they do, most of them, plan and kill in a disconnected manner where it's like they're just actions. They're not, you know, taking a life or the, the one they're killing is not a human. You know, just an object. Right. So, however, it turns out that violence never erupts from one single cause. It derives from a combination of different factors. Now, Deborah Niehoff, who we've actually talked about in other episodes, she's a neuroscientist. She already noted this with her book, The Biology of Violence. That book was published in 1999 after she studied 20 years worth of research. I believe we talked about this, her in the um, Spahalski case with the brothers. Okay, yeah. Yeah. She wanted to know whether violence was the result of genes or influenced by the environment. Leave my Levi's out of this. Huh? Leave my Levi's and Wranglers out of this. That has nothing to do with my genes. Anywho... No, it, her base, I mean, because we talked about it in the Spahalski case, that her book was mainly, is it because of nature or nurture? Which you and I used to talk about that a lot, you know? So in her, in her humble opinion, though, both biological and environmental factors are involved. You know, it can be both nature and nurture. Correct. And each tends to modify the other one such that processing any situation forward, a violent resolution is unique to each individual. In other words, and I'm going to quote here, a particular type of stimulation in a film is not going to provoke violence in every viewer. However, one person might react while another person might be completely unaffected, which we kind of talked about earlier, but it's like, so two people who might be very similar or even twins, the Spahalski brothers who are identical twins, could actually go through and watch the same movie and each one would be affected differently despite how they were raised and they share the same genes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now, I do. The way it works, she said, is that the brain keeps track of all of our experiences through chemical codes. Okay? Mm-hmm. That is correct. So when we have an interaction with anybody, whether it be a new person or somebody we know, we approach it with a, chem- a neurochemical profile. This is influenced by attitudes that we have developed whether or not the world around us is safe, right? So we need to, we actually determine in our minds whether people are trustworthy, whether we can trust our instincts. However, we also feel about, we feel about this thing sets off certain emotional reactions. And the chemistry of those feelings is translated by our responses. So 
She said, quote, then that person reacts to us and our emotional response to their reaction also changes our brain chemistry a little bit. So after every interaction we have, no matter how benign it is, we update that chemical profile of the world. You know what I mean? So it's like I do. Your I re- brain I- is on your brain is constantly evolving with everything that's going on around you at all times. Yeah, I, I, I learned that my first year of uh, psychology. Right, but some people don't believe that. They believe that once your mind is developed, it's developed. Nope. No, but you are co- your brain actually evolves whether you are conscious about it or not. This is what I was going to say. It's ever-evolving. Yeah, it's ever-evolving. Ever ever because, for instance, I got into a car accident one time, and for a long time, I would barely creep around those hairpin curves, you know? But now I don't really care. But it's like, it scared me enough that that's, I thought it was going to happen every time I went around a curve, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, I just, I just actually find her book, even though I haven't read it all the way through, very, very fascinating. Um, dang it, I lost my page. Oh, here we go. For casual associations, Struber and his associates who wrote the article in the uh, journal, they focus on the negative experience that somebody might have. Their risk factors include inherited tendencies, traumatic childhood experiences, and other type of negative exposures that have happened in their life, all of which aggravate one another via any type of react interaction. Now, being male is actually one risk factor, as is having a violent role model and showing frontal cortex abnormalities, which we talked about in the traumatic brain injury episode, that and those abnormalities will promote impulsivity or a lack of, um, oh, I can't even think of the word I'm looking for. But anyways, um, high-risk individuals might also develop what they call a low frustration tolerance level and fail to learn social rules. They're socially inept. In males, the higher testosterone level has been linked to aggression. No wonder you're so fucking aggressive. <laughs> Although maybe that's why I'm aggressive too, because my mom says I have more testosterone than any man she knows. I believe I it. can parallel park like nobody's business. I'm pretty sure you're swinging more meat than a butcher shop, <laughs> and you're actually transgender. But I die, Greg. I hate you. So oh, my nose is itchy. One study. My mom says I'm going to kiss a fool. Come here. So one study actually found this was true of violent women as well, but not as much as it is in men. Well, that's why most serial killers aren't women. They're, 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 they're guys. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, there are a few women serial killers out there. We talked about them. However, in addition, to, in the, also included in that, that if somebody experiences a head injury, especially a tragic, I mean, a severe head injury. A TBI. Yeah. Certain types of these people then go on and this injury predisposes them to violence. Yeah, take Bobby Joe Long. Exactly. Yeah, he was calm. Control. He was, I mean, he was demure. He was submissive. Yeah, very subservient, very submissive yes. to the female powers that exactly. be in his life. Until being his life that long. motorcycle accident. Yeah. Damn, this is driving me crazy. So Short the, trip. Shut up. Not a drive, Tammy. It's a short putt. Among the more interesting studies, though, even though they have lower numbers with only adult male subjects, Dr. Adrian Rain and some of his colleagues who um, worked at the University of Southern California 
compared 23 psychopaths who'd been caught versus 13 psychopaths who remained at large. Now, on the assumption that those who remained free were better planners. Now, MRIs indicated that the successful psychopaths had a higher volume of gray matter in the frontal cortex than those who had been caught. So, in addition, the unsuccessful psychopaths showed an asymmetrical hippocampus. Hippocampus? Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Hippocampus, yeah. Yeah. Other researchers did pinpoint dysfunctions of the amygdala. Amygdala? Yeah. As playing, I hate these long words. Because <laughs> it's like, I see them and I know what they are, but it's like when I see them, it's like, I can't pronounce it. Well, I can pro- I, the only reason I can pronounce them is, isn't because of my IQ. It's only because it was drilled into our heads in college. Yeah, because that's true, too. You go, you go p- part of brain by part of brain, and they, you discuss it for a long, extended amount of freaking time. Oh, yeah. Well, and it's, I mean, it's like, you know, I know a lot of medical terms and stuff like that, and so I know how to say them but it's like when i see them written out i get a little oh i get a little like it's like that doesn't look right so they play a part in a person's capacity to either feel empathy or not feel empathy so the balance of neurochemistry also has a role which will be affected by a combination of their hereditary and their environment now dang this mouse is going to drive me crazy um Now, it's safe to say that in cultures that tolerate more violent images and even tend to encourage them are likely, Angel, to be, have a greater, like, propensity or influence among young people and the mentally disturbed who will be influenced to act out what they're seeing, which that goes along with what I said earlier, the influential minds, those who are weak-minded, um, And their opinions for dealing with conflict are limited to where violence is the only resolution to any sort of conflict. They also generally turn to violence themselves. Some researchers have have even estimated that by the time a child reaches the age of 18, he or she has been subjected to at least 100,000 violent images on television, film, or video games. Now, it's kind of crazy to believe that, that that exposure might not have any effect or have little or no effect on anybody. Sorry, I thought the post guy... Was for you? Was for me, and I thought that he had the sublimation mugs for band oh, merch. Oh, no. No, and then I started thinking, I think they're saying it'd be a FedEx anyway, so... Oh, well, there you go. But I like our postman. So, He's pretty cool. In the book, The Copycat Effect... Lauren Coleman indicates that any type of media that's visual that sensationalizes a crime or violence can generate what can generate or result in mimicry that people go out and mimic those, you know, actions. Actually, it goes deeper than that. And let me explain why Um, It's because there's there's a thing called the porn effect. And uh, and I talk about porn all the time. But seriously, if you watch too much porn, mm-hmm. it desensitizes you to a point to where you won't be able to climax or even perform in without, some people yeah. without that stimulation in right. one form of, of another. And there's been several killers who've done that to where they've had to they've, they've killed somebody, taken their date to like a, you know, where near where the body is. Oh, yeah, totally. You know, totally. and, you know, because they're, they're watching that type of porn. 
or they go back to where they let's not talk about the Green River Killer, yeah. but how he would revisit his dump sites and masturbate. Right. That, yeah. Ridgeway all the way. All the way. You know. Um. So it's 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 not just in horror movies and 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 murder movies things like that. It's it's across, and I I think that's within <coughs> any form of media. Right. So it doesn't matter if you're watching porn or you're watching you know or you're watching. Uh, a horror movie or or whatever, you can program some people. I'm not going to say everybody because everybody's different. Yeah, can get programmed in a way to where the responses that they want that are good, for example, sex, right, might not be able to be achieved. And I'm right. just using sex as an example. Some people go, I have no problem with sex, and well, I watch some people. But we're, we're talking some people, not everybody. If you don't fit in this category, then mind your own goddamn business. Then fuck right off. No. Yeah, then fuck right <laughs> off. I'm not talking about you, obviously. But um. But I'm talking about you. You the, in the beanbag chair, eating the Cheetos with the the Cheeto orange hands. We know who, you know who you are. You Bob. know who you are. <laughs> we know that you're there, Bob. Keep sending me those damn freaking I, I emails. I like that thing because uh, Ron White. I don't use need, it in his comedy routine. I don't need to see your freaking Cheetos stained man boobs. Just saying. <laughs> and keep those emails to yourself. Because yeah, Ron White talks about it, how the televangelist. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but um, but that that's across any type of stimuli. Like, um, if we're talking porn genres, there's, there's, there's genres for everything. True. You know, so if you're watching, like, uh, forced non-consent... Or for, forced con, consensual, non-consensual sex is what it's called. Yes, that's true. So where you have consent, but you know people have like a rape fantasy. Well, if you're watching oh, yes. that stuff all the time, it can. It is a possibility. Right. You know, like I said, if you don't fit in this category, then mind your business. That you stop getting consent first. Yeah, that all of a sudden you're like, hey, this is what gets me off. Right. And it could progress forward, and that's. Yes. I think that's a warning that isn't given out to people quite enough. That's true, too. Is watch what you're putting into your brain. Garbage in, garbage out. And I'm not saying that porn's garbage. I watch porn. I enjoy porn. I know. I get the videos from you. But now I look, I, I, I look for And those porn. are traumatizing. I look for porn that makes me laugh, to be honest. I don't even use it to masturbate okay, to no, or anything like that anymore. I look they for are stuff. traumatizing. To me, I laugh. They are traumatizing. I'm not going to even talk about that. how that woman... That one you sent me, but the woman giving birth to a grown-ass man in uh, this big vagina. Hey, look, nothing is as hot, though, as that midget dancing <laughs> on the table during the baby man-child's birthday party. With the mom- clown that just takes With her? The clown that takes her and two black guys that are sitting there watching. No, no. Just the for no reason. best one? <laughs> Power the prune. The prune juice. The prune brothers. The prune brothers. You can't beat that. It's amazing. That one was that one was epic. Yes. What makes it to me funny isn't just the power of the prune; it's that she is so gnarly and nasty. Yeah, she's very yeah, kind of like old haggish, old haggish, cantankerous, and that's her, by the way, in all of her porns. And oh, I can't I, remember. I, what I her haven't print. seen her in any other ones. Oh, but... I've been flipping through it. I said, no way, this can't be her. Yeah. What well, else is she? she literally, gonna... at one point, and they're trying to beat this guy's dick with a frying pan. Remember I'm kind that? of into that. <laughs> I know you are, but whatever. say it. Just say it. That was a good day. <laughs> like the pumpkin. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> That's our own joke. <laughs> so anyways, there's also one of the movies mentioned most often in murder defenses in more recent years is The Matrix. 
which was released in 1999, the first one. And it has two sequels, stars Keanu Reeves as Neo. Now, for those who aren't familiar with the movie, I'll give you an update. He finds himself in what is an alternate reality, aware that he once was unconscious in a computer-generated virtual reality, and killers are chasing him. You know, which is why some people still believe in the Matrix effect, that, you know, when you think that you, your brain sees something paused or a glitch, that we're all living in a Matrix. No, I don't believe that, but, you know, whatever. I think now, that y'all live in my head, and you're just one of the voices that I hear, but okay. Yeah, yeah I am. <laughs> I'm a figment of your imagination, Scott. So, <laughs> I can't go on, hang on. I just keep picturing myself as one of those voices in your head, and I can't do it. Because so, I think visually, and it's like I, I put myself there, and I couldn't get out of it. I'm going to have to create a character that is just for you. That's just totally you. Please don't. <laughs> like that chick epic. who had who had like split personality disorder when I was in jail and came back as me. <laughs> like, hey, same hairstyle, yes. everything, and called herself Tammy. So, and most, re- I mean, and... When he's doing this, when he's trying to, you know, these people are chasing him, he actually has to resort to, you know, like supernatural moves and an extreme amount of violence so he can save the world from these people. All that he once believed was false, and he's designated as the savior who must save the world with his superpowers that he, as he learns to use them. Now, what Neo does serve... What Neo does serves a higher purpose, which gives his violence a noble flavor. People think, oh my gosh, he's, you know, all this violence is for a good reason, you know. But again, that is fantasy. It's a movie. It's not reality. However, is it? Apparently, some murder defendants have come to believe that they were in the, they are in a matrix and that killing others is justified. Um, some people believe that Dylan Klebold and Eric Harris, you know, the Columbine shooters. Oh, yeah, yeah. That they were actually inspired by, by it. Although unlike some, they did not live to tell whether or not they were. At any rate, they did wear black trench coats that looked identical to the one that Neo wears in the movie. Um, however, I just want to say that just because teenagers wear black trench coats does not mean they're evil. My brother used to walk around in a trench coat and the people in our small town told everybody he was part of that trench coat mafia and my brother was like one of the least aggressive people out there. Um, I disagree. Agree what? That my brother's not aggressive? No. Oh. About the teenagers. Because all teenagers are evil. True. Just saying. No, my brother, it's so funny because I was so well known by the authorities in my, our little, my little hometown in Western Washington County that when my brother, because my brother's five years younger than me, that there was one time when he was stopped when he was walking with a friend and they were both wearing trench coats as being people of interest. And another officer pulled up who knew, I mean, his, and his name was, <clears throat> sorry. Um, That's a weird name no, for a cop. I was just started coughing and I can't even remember his name right now. Oh my God. It's, I'm just mad at myself. But awesome. Anyway, Black shooter. Bang, bang. No. I can't think of his name. And I'm so mad at myself because he was an amazing officer. He's retired now. And he was, even though I was getting in trouble, he saw potential in me. And <laughs> and that's how you wound up being turned out on Sandy Boulevard. <laughs> officer Griffith. That's what his name. 
Was his first, was his name Peter? Peter? No, okay. it was not, but he was awesome. Anyways, he um, pulled up, you know, as a backup and everything. When he got out of the car, he goes, why did you stop these two? And the guy goes, well, they, they match descriptions of people who are vandalizing people's yards. And the officer Griffith goes, let them go. That's Underwood's brother. <laughs> it's like, that does not give him a pass. But yeah, you know, so it's like, you know, there is that. Now, one half of the Beltway Sniper, you know, Lee Boyd Malvo yep. and, you know. I remember that one very well. Um, they committed their crimes in 2002, was devoted to the Matrix movie. In jail, he made several, like, drawings and stuff, including a plea that people should free themselves from the Matrix. I am. <laughs> he told Through drugs and alcohol. He actually told the FBI to watch the film if they wanted to understand how his mind worked. Now, then there's Vadim. I, I'm going to mess up. The, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. It's M-I-E-S-E-G-E-S. He was a 27-year-old who lived in San Francisco. And he actually killed and dismembered his landlady. And his defense in court was that he'd been sucked into the Matrix. Then there's a Swedish exchange student. He confessed that he skinned his victim and dumped her torso into a dumpster because he sensed evil vibes coming from her. Oh, my God. If I did that, <laughs> holy cow, the people that would be dead. No shit, yo. Then, since he'd already been diagnosed with a mental <coughs> illness, he didn't even go to trial. He, his insanity plea was accepted. Then, in Ohio, Tonda... Lynn Ainsley, who attacked her landlady on this premise, but was certain she did not really do it. It, it, She said, I didn't do it. It was a dream. She then targeted three others as well to free herself from their mind control. And again, she was found not guilty by reason of insanity. (laughs) Apparently, the Boston Globe in 2003 ran a list of people who claimed that the Matrix inspired them to kill. One case they mentioned was in Virginia of a 19-year-old named Joe Cook who said he did not realize what he was doing when he dressed like Neo. If he dressed like Neo, he was unaware of his actions. He grabbed his 12-gauge shotgun, which he had actually bought because it resembled one of the guns in the movie, and shot both of his adoptive parents. They died. Initially hoping to use an insanity defense, his attorney put this into motion, but then stopped and entered a guilty plea. He decided, because Cook decided to take responsibility. Yet it turned out from birth records that his biological parents were, both of them had been diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. So it's possible that he was truly insane. You know, mental... Illness is and can be hereditary. Oh, very much so. Very you know? much so. Um, a, a, I I dated a girl who had his her, her whole family had a history of mental illness. That's the only reason I know. Yeah. Anyway, I did Greg. No, okay. No, I, I seriously believe that's true too. Because I mean, I have bipolar two disorder, and even though she was never diagnosed with it, my grandma used to act in the same ways I do when I don't take my medication. Oh, makes sense. You know, and so it's like really weird. But yet, oh, so an assessment indicated that he could have been influenced by the idea that he was in that unreal world. 
and then genetically primed to transform that into a sense of reality based on whether, you know, because he might have either had paranoid schizophrenia or like signs of it. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. So his habit of playing violent video games for hours on end on a daily basis probably played a role as well, as did the fact that he'd been bullied as a child and felt many things building up inside of him until he couldn't take it anymore and he snapped. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to I want to interject this right here. Because so often do they blame the video games or the TV oh, totally. or movies. But I think the real root cause here was the bullying, the bullying and mental illness and, and the stuffing down yes. of, of emotions because even and, yeah. if if you take all those factors out, the the video games, the movies and TV shows and books and everything, all violence out. At the end of the day, if you're if you're going through these emotions and you're feeling the need to stuff them and not express them or be able to get them out, I don't care who the hell you are. That pressure's got to go somewhere. There's only so much you can put into your emotional bag before it's overflowing and you have to have room to put more in. Totally. I I agree with that statement. Totally. But then they also, I mean, even though it says that, you know, the Columbine shooters might have been influenced by the Matrix. It came out after the whole thing was over that they were bullied, like severe victims of bullied. There wasn't just like, you know, running their underwear up a flagpole. It was right. like hazing, like severe hazing type bullying, you know. So it's like I understand kind of why they snapped. Maybe they shouldn't have killed all those people like they did, but they snapped, you know, because one of them I remember reading about how... um one of the girls that they killed, they shot in the cafeteria. She was under the table and she was known as, you know, to be go a churchgoer and very religious and everything. And one of the guys went up to her and said, you know, something about renounce your God. And she said no. And he shot her in the face. You know, that kind of thing. But so, that, that leads to another thing when it comes to bullying, though. Mm-hmm. Before This is before anti-bullying laws and shit like that. Which I think... Bullying should be considered a hate crime, but that's my I, I agree with that. Where do you go when you've when you've ex- when you've exhausted all of the resources? So you've gone to your mm-hmm. teachers and they're like, nothing we can do. Suck it up. You've gone yeah. to your principal. Suck it up. You've gone to your counselor. Oh, totally. Suck it up. You've gone to your parents. Suck it up. No. Yeah. Wh- where do you turn to when mm-hmm. you have no more resources? That's where you turn to. Yeah. As 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 being a teenager. And having no resources, and you're looking for a way to make this all stop. And once again, you're having to stuff all this shit down. Because see, mm-hmm. here's a, here's the problem with being a guy. Oh yeah, you're told not to have emotions. Exactly. And mm-hmm. what happens, especially if you're a teenager? Maybe you cry a little bit, or maybe you you stop you being. Oh, back in our day, it, and I'm not using this derogatorily. Stop being but, a pussy. Well, it was stop being a pussy. Are you a faggot? You know, all that jazz. Are you a woman? Do you have a vagina? Yeah. You know, and like I said, I don't like using the F word as in, you know, but that's what we were told growing up. Yeah, and, and, and you're forced to stuff it. Exactly. And stuff, it, stuff it. What happens when, when, when you've stuffed all those emotions down and you have nowhere to fucking turn to? Oh, yeah. Nowhere. That's what happens right there is eventually you're going to have to act out because as a teenager, you don't have all the cognitive skills to to you know, move forward. You really you know, don't have that until 
you know, like your late twenties, really. I'm forty nine. Yeah, I know you still don't have them, have but it. you literally have the mind of a ten year old. Whatever. That's because you the only laugh at is, farts and poop. I do, <clears throat> and the only difference between now and then is that I can afford better toys now. But um, <laughs> and he's not talking sexual ones. He's talking about. Oh no! I mean, I I mean sexual ones. No, My butt up. plug collection is amazing. Like especially the ten inch around one. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's thanks to my friend Sue in Texas who called and left me that message. That I was loved, awesome. I mean, when I heard that message, I, I still laughed about it. But, you know, it's, it comes down to, to that right there is, is yeah. how, how we're identified and how we're treated as men. Mm-hmm. And us guys get a bum, bum rap. They sit there, especially if you're a white. And I'm not trying to be racist this time, by the way. Fuck, I'm really not. No. But as a white male. Yes. Okay. We get checked on. Obviously, you're a racist because you're white and you're a male. Yep. And if you show any emotions, oh, you must be one of the gay crew. Are you a gay guy? And we're, we're more accepting of the homosexuals now. But back in our teenage years, they weren't. Yeah, exactly. It was still, it was still at that time, considered a mental illness. Yeah, you know, so you're having to stuff down all these emotions, all the hate that you're getting from mm-hmm. everybody else. And then, on top of that, you're forcing these kids to go to school, to a place that is obviously not mentally healthy for them, because mm-hmm. they're getting bullied, but you're not giving them any resources to exactly. make it a healthy environment. Right. And then... People look back and they go, I don't know how this happened. I don't understand why this happened. Really? You don't fucking understand? Open your goddamn eyes and take a fucking look. I can tell you, it's right there in front of you in black and white. Totally. Totally. I mean, Uh, I'm off my soapbox. I'm just going to get pissed. I mean, because we can also bring in, let's bring up Bobby Geelong again. He was bullied because he had that extra X chromosome and he grew breasts and everything until he was old enough to have them removed. He had some nice titties. Yeah. So he was bullied in school. And because he wasn't an aggressive person, I believe he stuffed those feelings down. But then when he had his brain injury, he no longer had the ability to control his emotions and actions. And, you know, it's like, so it's, he acted out as opposed to stuff those feelings down. You know what I mean? So Right, with a lack of impulse control, exactly. as I've brought up a thousand times, the frontal and prefrontal cortex which yeah. is responsible for the impulse control. Exactly. Yeah, and he had no other fucking resource, especially at the time. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, totally. If, if you went to a shrink to begin with, people would assume that you're crazy. But then if you went to a shrink and said, hey, look, I'm having a problem with my impulse control. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I'm wanting to have sex all the time, and I'm thinking about raping yep. and murdering. They would lock you the fuck up. They would up. slap a straight jacket on you and put you in a padded room, which is my biggest fear to this day. Which is what you're getting for your next birthday. <laughs> you're going to go to my house and pad it all up. <laughs> and, and put you in a straight jacket. I mean, Grant, I'm going to have to have five or six or ten park rangers there with me to wrestle Bigfoot, but... I'm going to make that happen. Yeah, whatever. So, you know, in the end, Cook wound up getting 40 years in prison. Um, Then let's go into teenage rage. You know, and this centers around the 1995 movie Basketball Diaries, which is an adaptation of Jim Jim Carroll's book by the same title. And it's about his immersion into drug addiction. Now, As a member of a very successful high school basketball team, he had to deal with a coach who took inappropriate liberties and his own appetite for heroin. Now, his mother's anger over his activities drove him to the streets of New York, where he became a thief and whore to support his habits. Now, mind you... Did you say whore? 
I said whore. Okay, I he understand. He was a male that, right? prostitute. Okay, I now, just wanted to make sure because normally you don't say a whore because that's your yeah. line of work and we can't call you that anymore. <laughs> it's called escort. Or in your case, streetwalker. But anyway, I digress. I hate you. Uh, anyways, now, remind, I mean, keep in mind that this is back, basically based on a true story. Now, the film itself was controversial for its graphic portrayals of the drug addiction and male prostitution. And one scene in particular seems to have inspired several school shootings. That scene is the dream sequence in which the Jim Carroll, or Jim, who was played by none other than Leonardo DiCaprio, entered his school dressed in a black trench coat and shoots several of the other student, uh, students and teachers with a shotgun as his friends egg him on. Like, okay. you know, and it's like, okay, so it's like people are seeing this, and that's based on a true story, right? You know, but this is a dream he had. Um, not long after that movie was released, on February 22nd, I mean, February 2nd, 1996, a 14-year-old by the name of Barry Lucatus, dressed in a long coat, entered his algebra class in at Moses Lake, Washington, which I've been there, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Conceal, concealed in his, in his trench coat were two pistols, 78 rounds of ammunition, and a high-powered rifle. At least he came prepared. No doubt, yo. Now, when he entered the school, he pull, when he entered the class, he pulled the rifle out and just immediately began to shoot people. And he hit 14-year-old Manuel Vela, who later died. Another classmate fell with a bullet to his chest. And then the kid shot his teacher in the back as she was writing a problem on the chalkboard. Or blackboard, whatever. Probably chalkboard, 1990s. Now, a, th- a 13-year-old girl who sat in the front row took the fourth bullet which entered her arm now apparently you know what he said after he shot these people that's a good day to die no i'm this out sure of ammo beats algebra doesn't it ah, thank you know what that's some freddy krueger shit you know what <laughs> he's innocent he is innocent yeah so apparently it's better than doing algebra then he took hostages and allowed the, but he allowed the wounded to be freed, and he was, um, but then as he was letting the wounded be freed, another teacher rushed him and put an end to the siege, and all three people died, and he blamed his mood swings about on being bullied. Now in his bedroom, the police found a novel by Stephen King titled Rage. I'm sure you've read it. You read all Stephen King Actually, I haven't. never heard of that one. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. In that book, it features a boy who actually shot his algebra class teacher in a video of the basketball... And then there was also a video of the basketball diaries. In addition, this kid said that he'd been inspired by music... You're going to love this. It's, It's totally Washington. Played by Pearl Jam called Jeremy, which featured a similar scene of the video featured a scene of violence in a classroom although the teenager who takes the guns into the school kills himself along with his classmates. See, I actually like that song a lot. I like right. Pearl Jam though. I like Pearl Jam. I do too. I I love Eddie better, but you know. I like his I, I like their first album, two albums but everything past that is just that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, another school shooter in 1987 um had been thinking about doing quote doing something big for more than a year 
And he also claims that the basketball dyers inspired him to kill three of his classmates in Paducah, Kentucky, and wound five others. Did I pronounce that right? Paducah? Paducah. I yeah. probably did. But it's because... Kentucky. Nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares how you pronounce it. You can say it any old way. They still won't understand you because you don't speak Kentucky. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure they don't even have freaking electricity in Kentucky. Well, um, I, and uh, radios. That's fucked up. I, I just destroyed that market. I'm so sorry, state of Kentucky. I, just, I was going to say, Kentucky is one of our markets, you moron. I don't get to mess with them that often, okay? That's true. We don't talk about Kentucky very often. I mean, it's, I'm surprised we have such a good listenership in Florida, but we do. <laughs> me too. I'm sorry. I thought I would have destroyed that one by now, but yeah. okay. I'm sorry, Kentucky, but it was just your turn, okay? It was just your turn. Yeah. Just, just take it. So, Take it like a man. Oh Take it. I, I told you about, well, because speaking of Kentucky, I told you about the time when I worked for that spa parts manufacturer. Oh, yeah. And I used to have to call people who worked for, you know, like uh, like Ferguson, that type of, those type of stores that, you know, did spa parts and sold Whirlpool tubs and all that jazz. And I called this guy into Kentucky and him and I had kind of started to build a rapport. And then one time I called him and I couldn't understand what he was saying. And I'm like, I think there's something wrong with my phone. Let me call you back. Right? Because it was landline and everything. And so I called him back and I still couldn't understand. I said, I don't know what's going on. There's something got to be wrong with my phone system. I'll call you back later. He goes, wait a minute. Let me put in my teeth. And, I was yeah. like, and then it's yep. like I understood every word he said. I'm like, oh, my God. That is so Southern. <laughs> well, you know, I, 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 I thoroughly believe that colleges out here on the West Coast should have an actual class on how to speak Southern. Because yep. that way there, if y'all come to the South, you know how to speak properly. Because y'all out here don't speak properly. Is that why you give me my redneck word of the day, which you haven't done lately? Oh, my God. I got to give a word. I got to start doing redneck word of the day, huh? Yeah. Because you used to do that all the time. And and it's I, it's I hillbilly word of the day, yeah, but yeah. okay. But I keep forgetting to write them down. So, you know, whatever. Then Luke, Lucatus also said that he was inspired by the movie Natural Born Killers, which I'll get into in a minute. Now, this one has also been cited by several other p- children who shot up their schools in years later as being a major influence. Now, students who knew Lucatus said that the shooter had thought it looked like fun to go on a murder spree like that. Like, you know what? Let's see. Is this fun or not? So... In order to understand, you know, that thought process, let me talk about what Natural Born Killers was about, if you don't know. Like Scott said earlier, it stars Woody Harrelson, (laughs) Juliette Lewis, and their names are Mickey and Mallory Knox. Now, they are two brutal, savage killers in Oliver Stone's movie from 1994. And I just watched this again recently, and I'm telling you, I still love it to this day. It was intended as a statement to be about the level of violence that we tolerate as American as Americans in society and why criminals such as serial killers are turned into heroes which we talked I mean Briar talked about that in the beginning of her book it's like a lot of serial killers are heroes and you know people idolize them you correct. know what i mean correct it's they're like celebrities now Oliver Stone used the one-time exploits of Charles Starkweather and his girlfriend, Carol Ann Fugate, which I said, and Bonnie and Clyde, to develop these two characters whose murderous rampage over, who killed 50 victims, more than 50 victims, propelled them into an international stardom. Then a tabloid journalist follows them, 
promoting them and hoping to get an exclusive interview. I'll never forget the scene where Woody Harrelson is being interviewed on camera as he's in jail. Remember that scene? Vaguely. It's like towards the end, and he's talking about, you know, this is why I did it, and and his crimes are being sensationalized. Now, this movie was filled with so many graphic images. Like, I literally, the first time I watched it, thought it was a Quentin Tarantino movie. Well, makes sense, yeah. Honestly. Um, it's filled with so many graphic images of gore and violence as these two psychopathic lovers go on and murder and torture people as a form of aphrodisiac. You know, but you and I have called done, it murder porn. But we, we, we've seen that before. We saw that with, uh, oh, yeah. with Wood and Graham. We saw that with Wood and Graham. We saw that with Fred Mo- Rosemary West. West. Yes. We saw that with... Um, Oh, who else is it? I'm trying oh, to think. Let's not even mention the two up in Canada because I don't want. We don't have an hour to kill. Oh, let me tell you, man. Those two freaking twat bags, freaking yeah. Bruno's, uh, Bernardo and, and Hermolka. I yeah. swear to God, they both need to be ran over, choked to death, and then pee in their mouth until they drown. Right. Especially Carl and Hermolka. Well, and then you have Fournier and what's his name out of uh, Italy? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember his name right offhand. But yeah, you have them. And then the Moors murders. Yep. You know, you have them as well. And it's like, you have so many of them. And then, I mean, there's also the Toy Box Killer, David Parker Ray. Oh, that, and that one, his definitely. girlfriend, Cindy Hendy. Yeah. You know, she literally fed his fetishes. But then so then, then again, so did David Parker Ray's daughter. And another friend of his. Yeah. yeah. Like I his, mean, his but, own daughter helped him abduct her friend. Yeah. So he could rape and torture her over, like several, his, drug and rape and torture her. His daughter would go out to bars and pick up on women. To kind of lure them back. That was oh, yeah. a weird Drug them as they're at the bar. So they don't know what's going on. Yeah. Strange ass shit, yeah. man. Damn. Now, now, in the movie, these two characters claim that that violence that they committed made them feel more alive. Therefore, they equate murder to power, control, bravado, and like a higher status in life. Not only that, the killers who look like heroes contrasted to abusive parents and a corrupt justice system. Like, it was not their fault they were the way they were. Never have to pay for what they did, although just about everyone else does, including viewers who act out the movie, right? Correct. Because you have Kim Kim Veer, K-I-M-V-E-E-R Gill, who shot at people at Dawson College in Montreal in September of 2006. He killed one and wounded 19 before he shot himself. Okay, so Natural Born Killers was also viewed, uh, supposedly viewed by 18-year-old Sarah Edmondson and Benjamin Darris, who in 1995 went on their own crime spree. Apparently on March 5th, they spent the evening together, you know, dropping LSD and watching the film on repeat. Hell yeah! And so they took a 38 revolver with them, got in a car the following morning, and... Like, did a road trip across Oklahoma to Mississippi where they killed a man at a cotton mill. Shut up. <laughs> then they went to a convenience store in Louisiana where they shot Patsy Byers in the head, leaving her, you know, she's paralyzed now from the waist down. Her husband then filed a lawsuit against Edmondson and Darius, then added, then they also included Time Warner. And Oliver Stone and other people associated with making and distributing that film. Because they claim that everyone associated with it should have realized 
that it could inspire murder. That's bullshit. And yeah. I'll tell you what that is. That's the, it's out to get a fucking paycheck. That's what, that's what yeah. people like that disgust me to my fucking core. Well, and that's, yeah, that's the frivolous lawsuits. It's like, okay, people who make these movies expect people who are watching them to understand their fiction. Well, and here's the thing. Another thing with that is that the, you get these individuals like these two asshats that did what they did. You yeah. know, nobody is looking at the individual. They look at the mass population. They're, okay, most of the people are going to realize that this is a movie. Yeah. And not to act this out. Right. You know, and what happened? I that? mean, granted, you and I have both done dropped LSD. Oh, yeah. That sometimes fantasy and reality get a little blurred while you're high. But you know what? The following morning, that's no longer the case. I was going to kill my neighbors, but then and I, I got, got high. high. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So anyways, they also claimed in their lawsuit that it was pornographic and released to the general public without that X rating, which I didn't see anything really pornographic in it. wasn't anything pornographic Whatever. in there. That's stupid. Yeah. I mean, unless you want to call it murder porn, which you and I make that joke all the time. <laughs> but so eventually the suit was dismissed against Stone and the production companies. But then on appeal, it was reinstated. Apparently, the Louisiana State Supreme Court declined to review the decision, as did the U.S. Supreme Court. And finally, in March of 2001, the wrongful death suit was dismissed against Stone and Time Warner because there wasn't any evidence they had purposely intended to incite violence in the viewers. And that, that that's exactly it right exactly. there. This is asshole. It's fact because, fiction, people. Because this guy has, you know, a shitty kid, you know, uh, he's looking to get a payday out of it. That's all it is. That's some white yeah. trash shit going on right there. Right. Well, I mean, it wasn't that she, he had a shitty kid. It's his wife was paralyzed. Oh, oh, oh I'm this, sorry. It was his yeah. wife that was paralyzed. No, I, but I at the misunderstood. Same time, it's like, you know, I understand Filing a wrongful death against the people who shot her. Totally. 100%. Or, you know, or something to that effect. However, to go after the production company and the director and all that other crap is ludicrous. It is. That's it's like stupid. suing Ozzy Osbourne if your child went and bit a head off a bat. You not, know. Whoa, whoa. We're not supposed to do that. I know you do that every weekend, Scott, but no, you're not supposed to. Mm. And the funny thing about that is he has gone on to say that he thought it was a plastic bat. Yeah, it yeah. was supposed to be a prop. Yeah, it was supposed to be. He thought it was a prop, and it wasn't. Um, and nobody talks about the fact that we got sick as shit for like a while oh, after yeah. that, like a long well, while. Yeah, and then they made it. So, I mean, you'd hear some of the stories that he continued <coughs> to do that every concert. No, he did it once. Yeah, yeah. Just like they tried to say that he could no longer visit the Alamo because apparently he got drunk one night, went and peed on the Alamo, and that was false as well. Correct. <laughs> But then the Court of Appeals also held, upheld the ruling where that case was dismissed against those people. Now, there are other crimes listed by this uh, website called freedomforum.org. And they found that some people were, in, were truly inspired by natural-born killers. One of them is a 14-year-old Texas boy who actually decapitated a 13-year-old girl. Oh, brutal. Then there's the case of a gang who watched the film 19 times before they went out and killed. Oh, my God. I'm so, you know what? You could have been a target, Scott. They killed a truck driver in Georgia. Was he a fat, bald one? With Maybe you are in somebody's victim pool. 
I'm a little paranoid. God dang. Don't then, watch this movie. <laughs> then, you know, of course, we talked about the um, <clears throat> Michael Carneals, who, you know, shot the kids in Paducah, Kentucky. And then they also associate this movie as one of the, as also inspiring Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold, as the movie titles initials as a code going NBK when they felt it was time for their violence. You know, that was their code word. Okay. Now, even before that, other psychotic film scenes had possibly launched an even deadlier attack. But I think we'll talk about that later because this episode has been really long. So so long. So hard. Yeah, so I think we're going to divide this up into multiple episodes. Because like you and I talked about, there's a lot to discuss with oh, these is. things, you know, we, to we, try to understand. We got multiple psychosis going on here, oh, yeah. different situations, different forms of stimuli. Yeah, and different upbringings and different, you know, yeah, no, lifestyles, agree. all that jazz. So, there you go. There I go. There there you go again on I'm, your I was own. just thinking the same thing, a little white snake moment. <laughs> going down the only road you've ever known. Yep. Now all I need is a redhead uh, fucking sprawled across my, my truck. You know, half naked. You know what? I can so totally see you guys doing the cover song. She's my cherry pie. Uh, <laughs> if I was going to pick a cover song, it that would, would not, not be, be it. it. <laughs> I love that song. It's, it's okay, or but it's nothing I would do. The, what was that one about? Um, it was by Ario Speedwagon. About the girl who was just a, ro- a groupie. Oh, uh, heard it from a friend who heard it from a friend. You guys should do that uh, one. No, you've been messing around <laughs> out there every week. I love that song. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Of course you would. Of course. Yeah, it freaking, reminds freaking me of your nature. lifestyle, Scott. Oh my God! I am sweet and innocent like an Only angel. Your girlfriend's heard it from a friend who heard it from a friend that you were out there sleeping around on the tour buses <laughs> with her sister. The dead one because the living oh. one's pretty gross. <laughs> you okay? No, oh, I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> She's been in the ground a long time, but hey, don't stop me. <laughs> don't stop. You know what? Believing. That's why people get involved. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm, I'm horrible. I'm so horrible. I'm so sorry. And this is why I have attorneys <laughs> because I am so sorry. It's remember, boys and girls, it's not rape. If they're dead. <laughs> if they can't say no. <laughs> they couldn't say no. I asked. <laughs> it's terrible. It's horrible. Jesus Christ, man. I felt this. <laughs> Did they just lay there? Is it consensual? <laughs> <laughs> or is it rape if I enjoy it? No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm sorry, people. That was not okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Remember I told you that story. I, I dated a chick who just laid there and smiled a lot because <laughs> that was just her whole that. thing. That would be freaky. It's... Who didn't like have any like emotion or anything? Just yeah. Smiled. And I she wanted and she wanted sex all the time, which wasn't uh, an issue. But that, I know because when you look at her and think, is she enjoying this? She's That's not really thinking, like, like let me know what's going on here. I uh, kept saying like, are you okay? Like what's going on? You know? Like, oh no, let's keep going. That's that's fantastic. And I'm like. Okay, and then all of the we have sex, and I, I'm like, no, because you creep me the hell out. That's why. <laughs> well, see, but I had an ex-boyfriend too, though, that was very unvocal when you're having sex, and it's like, 
okay, are, am I doing this right for you? <laughs> <laughs> is there anything you want me to do differently? Because I don't think you're enjoying it. He was like, no, I'm enjoying it. I was like, okay, then tell me you are. Smack him. All <laughs> right. Yeah. Remember, you can send us an email at BrutalNation at TwistedBlueLLC.com. Check us out on Medium, Crime Beat on Medium, and wherever you get your blogs, check out the website at www.TwistedBlueLLC.com. Uh, this show's copyrighted 2023. That's what I forgot in the last episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, by Twisted Blue, LLC. All rights are reserved. Get on to Facebook and join the citizens of Brutal Nation. We are always updating stuff. Do Let's it. start some discussions. Let's have some fun with this. Come on. Yeah. You're not a freak. Weigh You're in a- on these subjects that we're talking about because they're very, you know, it weren't, everybody has an opinion and we want to hear yours. Yeah. And even if you are a serial killer. Yeah. Log on. Let's start a discussion. You know what? Just let us know before you get caught. We want the exclusive. That's, That's the right. whole thing. We, we really want, want the, exclusive. the exclusive on that one. Let's see. What else? Uh, blah, 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 blah. Etsy account. We have T-shirts. Um, true that, yo. I'm sexy as hell. Um, Not true, yo. I'm over here thinking about wearing nothing but nipple tassels and a kilt. That's... That's disturbing, yo. That way there, <laughs> when my skirt flips up, my balls will stick to the seat. Your tutu and tube top. <laughs> my tutu and my 3-3? Three, three? <laughs> your tutu and the tube top from oh my, my dream. Oh, my God. You and your freaking dreams. You're a freaking nature. You know that? Well, as soon as you wear it, my dream will come true, and I'll stop talking about it. You have more issues than Sports Illustrated. I'm just saying. <laughs> you have more issues than Reader's Digest. <laughs> The National Enquirer, who comes out every week. <laughs> I love the National Enquirer. Dude, that's how you learn who the aliens are in this world. I saw Men in Black. Uh, that and Jerry Springer. I love Jerry oh my Springer. God, show. Jerry I still watch that. Jerry Springer. <laughs> that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> I will jump up and yell, Jerry, Jerry, on reruns that I've seen five times. <laughs> it's just me. People look at me where they're like, what the hell's wrong with him? Mind your business. See, I like Steve, the, the bodyguard guy. Yeah. He was awesome. Let's see what I think that's all that we have for you guys. All right. We will see you guys later on. Bye bye. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>